Looking for a new podcast that combines your passion of comedy and music? Then you should listen to The Supergroup on Stitcher Premium. On each episode of The Supergroup, hosts Tawny Newsom and Alex Kilner invite a comedian and musician to write and record an original song with them over the course of a week. You'll hear every step of the process from writing to rewriting to recording and mixing songs with Open Mike Eagle, Ted Leo, Paul F. Tompkins, Janet Varney, and more. The podcast is funny, but the songs are legit. Listen to the supergroup only on Stitcher Premium. Go to stitcherpremium.com and use promo code POCKET for a free month of Stitcher Premium. What a busy week for things that don't have to do with smartphones. Well, at least directly. For example, Apple's laptops. They try and fix one problem here and then make everything else better. The catch? You don't get there without breaking a few eggs and then scrambling them on a MacBook Pro. It's hot. Too hot for its own good. Also, are iPhone owners snobs? Well, no. You judge everyone on an individual basis, especially the people that you would go out with on a date. But there's a survey this week that got stuck in my crawl, and I gotta tweeze it out of there. Also, much more, including a final verdict or two on the BlackBerry Key 2. We're bringing in a couple of old friends. It's about to be a great time on this episode. Pi at 314 of the Pocket Now Weekly, recorded at 3 p.m. Eastern on Friday, the 20th of July, 2018. This is the show from Pocket Now in conjunction with XDA developers that delves into everything that moves and is pretty much technology. From smartphones to tablets and wearables, it's the stuff you probably couldn't even make up in your wildest imaginations as a kid. I'm Jules Wong, news editor at Pocket Now, joined by Pocket Now Daily and Pocket Now Adiario host Jaime Rivera. Hello to you, sir. Hello to you, sir. Coffee is set. We're ready to go. Good. Stay well caffeinated during this show because uh, we need to cover a whole lot in just one hour's time. Joining us also is XDA's chief operating officer, Brandon Minimum. Hey, you. Hi. Hey, I am... Uh... Today was a really good day because I got to take possession of this massive collection of old phones. and uh, Like almost two dozen of them, right? Yeah, and that's not even all of them. There's still more of them out in California. Jeez. Oh, um, but they're not as interesting as the ones that I uh, opened up. So. You're just going through them and just getting, just keeping tabs and... Again, that inventory stacked up, man, you, I'm jealous. I, I've, really jealous. I've, I'm, I'm going to use like 10 phones this week. Can I say one thing real quick? Um, mm. uh, a forgotten phone, really, the OnePlus X. Um, uh. I, I don't know if you guys ever touched this phone, but like I totally forgot that it is as thin as a razor blade. Like, look at this. Yep. It's crazy. It's so nice. It's so it's glossy. It's got that glass back. And uh, just this week, we were talking about uh, the CEO, Pete Lau, kind of... Um, you know, shrugging at the OnePlus as, uh, OnePlus, as I used to say in the typos of my posts at Pocket Now while I was writing news about it. Uh, let's go on, though, to uh, another privileged guest here that we have uh, our pleasure of uh, hosting, our favorite tea sipper, formerly of Android Authority. What's going on, Joshua Vergara? <laughs> hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for having me, by the way. And speaking of caffeine, yes, I do have a cup of tea, as always. By the oh, way, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's been uh, it, it's 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 been a bit, and I'm really happy to be back on. Um, for the past week, I've been rearranging my office, creating this set that you're seeing. You guys are the first ones seeing this set, actually. I haven't used it for awesome. any videos. I haven't used it for anything yet. This is the first time I'm using the set. Yeah, the camera looks sharp. The bokeh is nice, and then you got all the baffles around here. So underdressed. <laughs> <laughs> Since we brought it up, I have one quick. Uh, I have one quick story, um, or rather, just one thing. Like the OnePlus X, I remember it being a great phone um, for what it was. It did. It, it was missing a couple radios. I remember that was the biggest problem with it. But the reason why I'll always remember that phone is because the day after I did the hands-on, I flew up to SF, came back down uh, to LA. The day after I did the hands-on, I went through my most, I went through my last really horrible breakup. So the OnePlus X is a triggering phone for me. <laughs> oh, yikes. Yeah, we don't oh, want to remember that. Yeah, we probably don't want to, we probably don't want to talk too much about that. So that's why we're not talking about it officially in the news uh, for this episode. But um, if you have anything that you want to talk about, you, the listener, the viewer, please do so. We have uh, our hashtag up on Twitter, hashtag PNWeekly, so that you can chime in with your comments, your questions. Perhaps you might want to ask a couple questions about what phones Brandon Miniman has uh, right now mm -hmm. with the little hands-on time. Uh, we have a lot to get to, though. So uh, if you do want to ask your questions, do so, or go to uh, your email. Podcast at pocketnow.com is the address that you want to send uh, your thoughts to. All right. In the meantime, we got a lot of news. So let's get to it. Uh, Microsoft is uh, reportedly considering uh, working on a few Android phones for release. Uh, we don't know the specifics of how involved they will be in terms of uh, doing the Android thing, but they have been selling uh, Galaxy S9s as well as the Razer phone of note. So they do have that uh, involvement there. I was wondering what all of you, and I'm going to start on the left with Brandon, what do you think an, a post Nokia phone will be that has Android from Microsoft? I would love to see Microsoft use all of their innovation and software expertise to create an end-to-end -end really good Android phone. You know, they have the Microsoft Launcher, which is pretty good. They've got Skype. They've got Office. They've got all of these different assets. They've got Bing. And it would be just really cool to see them. Maybe it's a Surface phone. You know, do killer kick-ass hardware. Um, and just, like stitch together all of these Microsoft services and products for like something actually different and better because it's Microsoft. And I'm afraid so, that they're just not going to do that. So you think uh, it's mostly just a services game for Microsoft at this point. Um, Jaime, I know that you have had a little bit more time with uh, some of the Lumias uh, back in the day. I was wondering if you had any thoughts on hardware. I don't have any expectations because all the Lumia patents went back to Nokia. Like HMD already has them. So I th probably that's my biggest question. Like, what exactly can Microsoft bring if everything belongs to HMD now? Uh, I'm not expecting much. Like, even their their lead of photography went to Huawei. Uh, we have to thank him for what we see on the P20 Pro. Um, so I don't know, man. Uh, it would be cool to get a phone from Microsoft. Let's just hope it's not just a phone with Microsoft services. I mean, you can do that with an iPhone right now. Just load it with a ton of Microsoft apps, and then it becomes a Microsoft phone. Uh, I, my biggest concern is what's going to happen with Android. Are they going to fork Android 
or are they going to embrace Android and just load their launcher and allow people to do whatever they want with the phone, which is what I would recommend. The Play Store has to come into play at some point here, so uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, again, those phones that they already sell, uh, Galaxy, Razer, already have the Play Store uh, on there, mm. so it's a question to see if they keep it on. Uh, Joshua, I'm not sure what sort of angle you're coming from in terms of approaching Windows Phone or Android in conjunction with Microsoft, but I wonder what your take is. I think I think I agree with Jaime to be honest because uh, what could you possibly do at this point? Android has so many phones that have that have iterated and innovated in so many different ways. What could Microsoft possibly do aside from some sort of let's say integration with Xbox or something like that that could make it that much different from Android phones that already exist? So probably the only thing I can think of is yes, make an Android phone that is solid that has some good features. Try to do something that's different from every else but otherwise embrace android put uh the uh windows launcher on there because uh, I, I actually really like that about windows phones back in the day the tile i forgot what they used to call it was it live it tiles just, yeah. live the, the live tiles yeah so the live tiles were awesome and i remember one time back in the day i would get a phone and actually look for launchers that emulated the live tiles and i i think that 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 launcher would give it some identity but as far as hardware and as far as just the general requirement of what an Android phone is supposed to be, I don't really see a Microsoft Android phone being radically different from anything else. And that's going to be its biggest pitfall. Joshua, when you when you say that, I think about um, the Oxygen OS on, on OnePlus, where I think they've taken Android and they forked it to a truly better version of Android with theming, gesture control. It's mm -hmm. optimized for speed and animations, fluidity. Um, there's so many goodies in Oxygen OS because OnePlus spent the time and looked at every setting and every menu and every option. And I think that's kind of like what Microsoft might be able to do. Yeah, I think I, I agree. I think that is 100% what they should be doing with it. Um, and if, yeah, like I said, if there's some sort of, inter I'm not an Xbox fan. I mean, I'm clearly wearing a PlayStation hat, but if there's some sort of, if there's some sort of integration with Xbox and they're able to like synergize those two things together, I think that might be its one defining different feature. But otherwise, it's an Android phone. It's just what it's going to be. But haven't they tried that with Windows Phone? I mean, they they launched an Xbox hub. Uh, yeah. Like if you go right now into the uh, in, on a Windows PC to the Xbox hub, it literally has a ton of those Windows Phone games that were literally just forks of whatever they did for Windows Phone, and they they all just suck. Like for me, it's I don't know, man. I feel that they've killed they. If anything, they tarnished the brand with their efforts of trying to make one thing work everywhere. Uh, and it's if you heard the rumors, it's one of the reasons why they even pushed back the project of Andromeda, just because they didn't want to tarnish the Surface brand with another product that doesn't necessarily you know, achieve what the Surface has achieved. It probably doesn't sell the best, but I love my Surface. Like, they've made some really cool products, and I wish that they, I don't know, they followed on that. What do you guys think? I think that makes, I, I think that's pretty true. I mean, Microsoft has tried to do a lot of different things that are, like, really branded on, like Cortana, <laughs> for example. Um, and... Yeah, it just hasn't really gotten anywhere. Uh, Cortana could have been the fourth in the many different um, assistant, voice assistant apparatuses that we have. Or the basketball it, team with all the ones we have right now. Exactly. But the thing is, Cortana's not, it's hardly even in the conversation. 
That's the problem. It's because they haven't put enough development behind it. Um, you know, if I'm thinking if I'm thinking outside the box and I just want to get that Xbox imaginative uh, with it, then you know, get the phone, put it next to a wall. It projects Cortana onto the wall, <laughs> and then you talk you talk to Cortana that way. <laughs> Interesting. So, uh, Brandon, any thoughts to wrap up, uh, including your holographic uh, takes? Um, you guys have to admit something, though. Um, if you look at the last five or six years, Microsoft has been killing it with hardware. I mean, they're just like, all these Surface devices are so cool. They're so innovative. They're so like, you wouldn't wouldn't have thought of it. And they're futuristic. And I could see them applying that ingenuity to a phone. I mean, you know, phones don't always have to look the same and there's still room for innovation. So a Surface phone could be just awesome. If the Surface team were to design a phone, I think bringing back Metal for all of its advantages and disadvantages would be an interesting move. So I agree. Per- perhaps that might be something to look forward to. We'll have and to an see. adjustable kickstand. Of course. As long as they don't bring an, an Alcantara phone, I'll be happy with that. Mm, we've been talking <laughs> about denim and Alcan- <laughs> like those kinds of um, clothes, leathery kind of things. Um, <laughs> interesting. Interesting, I'll have to say. Let us move on to uh, something that has been uh, kind of a left field kind of development, and that is Lights. Uh, You might know it from the L16 phone that they delivered back in 2015 with 16 cameras. It looked like some sort of um, uh, cyborg that got conjoined with a whole bunch of other cyborgs. It was really weird, but it had different focal lengths and whatnot. Whatever, that was on the past, and so is the $1,700 price tag. They just got a new round of funding from two interesting sources here, Leica and SoftBank. Now, we already know Leica. They have a partnership with Huawei, and they're tuning up their cameras. Uh, you, you saw the P20 Pro with that excellent three-camera uh, implementation. And then you have SoftBank, which owns carriers around the world, including uh, in the U.S. Sprint, and uh, as well in Japan. So... Uh, I was wondering how you guys will see a second smartphone that they've announced um, with perhaps fewer cameras than the 16 they've uh, had in the past, uh, especially since they've taken an approach to computational photography. Uh, Joshua, I want to start with you. What do you see in the future for light? Okay. I um, My question here is this, this this first picture you have on the article, is that a concept or is that what it might look that like? That is a concept listed on their site. It doesn't, I mean, it could be a potential uh, candidate for a future release. We are not okay. sure. Uh, I, I like the way that looks way better than the L16. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, but... Okay, from what I heard, I, not not too many people got the opportunity to review the L16. I myself did not. But from what I heard, um, it was hardware that was... It's, it's the age-old problem. It's great hardware crippled by bad software implementation. And there's so many phones out there that have that problem. And of course, now we have like the pixels of the world showing off that software can be king. So if they're able to implement the software in such a way that makes all of this power actually make sense and create great photos and great video, I'm hoping, um, it's... I don't know. I'm always going to be excited for something like this, but how many how many cameras do we really need on a phone? I'm, that's my question. I was about to say, Josh, like I loved your P20 Pro video of the trip that we did to Milan. And uh, like uh, for me, it was just shocking that you filmed 
uh, you film most of it on the P20 Pro, right? Mm -hmm. Not all yeah. of it. And so that I, I have to like, so by the way, uh, shameless plug, the news today uh, on the daily will include this. But I, you know, when, when we when we were sitting down here with Sam and with Diego, I was like, do I really need to cover this? Because, <laughs> 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 you know, Fridays are slow days. It's just like, all right, shoot, we're going to have to do it. All right, fine, it's going to have to be this. But it's just like 16 cameras, $1,700. Like, even if they charge $1,000, like, photography on the P20 Pro is just so good. Photography on the Pixel 2 XL is just so good. I don't think we need more camera lenses. Like if anything, <laughs> like if anything, I would love the triple camera approach where we have a wide angle and we have a telephoto and then people can choose. And if they could hide, if they could figure out a software way, like, so I was having this conversation. I had the conversation with you, Josh, and with other people where I love your video because it portrays the best example of how mobile cameras and cameras have evolved. I was in the mm -hmm. Vatican. I had the P20 Pro, I had the Pixel 2 XL, and I had my Panasonic G85. Uh, and, you know, I started taking photos, and at some point I was like, crap, like, this camera doesn't have HDR. This, this phone does. And so it just comes to the point where smartphone cameras have become smarter at certain scenarios than a regular camera. And I'm like, I don't have time to be metering this and just flipping all the manual controls when a smartphone can just do everything for me. So mm -hmm. why do I have to put up with this? So this, this is my perspective right now where I've come to the point where I trust the smartphone in certain scenarios more than a regular camera. I don't know about you guys. What about you, Brandon? It's funny. Uh, I first saw the L16 on Instagram in an Instagram ad because they might they must have like determined with an algorithm that I'll, I would be interested in a phone with 16 cameras. And I was because every time I saw it in my timeline, I would f look at it. I would click on the website and read about it. And I thought that it was just absolutely ridiculous. And I can't believe it actually like became a product. And um, that's why that, that's why they had to charge so much for the phones because they spent all the money on marketing. <laughs> that might be it. Um, but uh, I think uh, and, and a few people reviewed it, like Michael Fisher reviewed it. And I think his conclusion and from the other reviews I saw were that it's just it's not as good as like a pixel. And so mm -hmm. what, what's the point? That's it's almost like taking a perfectly good phone and sticking a keyboard on the bottom fourth. I mean, it's just, Oh boy. I just, I just, <laughs> hey, should, we're not on that story yet. <laughs> they, they should. Why don't, why don't we segue into it? I mean, that, that's like the perfect example of why we, should, <laughs> why we should talk about it. You guys are well, using... I have, well, I do have one more point about this. Like, okay. Um, it's, it's, it's very, it's very likely this is not going to happen, but if it did, it would effectively kill phones like the L16. If Google were to open up, the database that they use for the pixels for oh, all geez. cameras across Android. If they were to open that up and all cameras across Android were able to access that, boom, we don't have to worry about anything from light anymore. I mean, that, like, that'd be great. I mean, you've been more of an expert in Android than I am, like, uh, and, and Brandon as well. Like, uh, isn't the whole Pixel Core expansion, doesn't it have that purpose to a certain degree? In a way, yeah. Um, but what I mean is it's not opened up to every other phone. It's still sort of like a Pixel exclusive type of thing. What I'm saying is the way that I thought Google Assistant would be a Pixel only feature and then it became an everything feature, if the camera API and the camera database could become, you know, the, that, that computational uh, data could become available to all Android phones, phones like this one need to exist. Well, and isn't it really just an app? I mean, I, I remember the Essential phone had such a terrible camera, but then if you loaded the Pixel uh, photo app, 
but, you know, if you if Google you were able camera. to port yeah. it in, it, it just it made the essential phone camera actually usable. Yeah. Usable is the term. <laughs> yeah. It may not be extraordinary the way that the Pixel 2 is, um, but that's because the uh, the processing of the app itself uh, is better than the one that Essential put into the camera or put into their app. Um, but the compu- it's the computational stuff. It's the it's the millions and millions of photos that they derive the data from that that matters in this case. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just adding more camera sensors doesn't do the same thing. That's my my point here. <laughs> yeah, you can't just brute force the uh, situation there. Be and uh, I shouldn't. Uh, we shouldn't be leaving any misleading notions here because uh, this company Light has been talking about upping their computational and software based game here. So uh, again, we'll have to see what happens. But it sounds like we're getting way fewer. Uh, in our next consumer release here going on. Let us uh, move forward here with uh, going on to the Huawei topic in terms of uh, this. All right. What do you believe about a hole? A hole that will do away with notches that will just basically not really matter anymore that that these bezels are, are a thing. So Huawei apparently has a patent here that allows them to uh, stick a camera or put the camera behind this hole, and then all of a sudden, that that will just uh, obviate the need for a bezel up on top. Uh, what do you guys? Where's think? everything else? The Huawei Essential Phone, <laughs> basically. But where's where's it? Where's everything else though? Like where's where would? So so apparently the 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 ear speaker uh, the earpiece is going to be like the like it's literally an essential phone without the drop down of the notch like the camera would be on its own in the middle and it seems that there will be some sort of screen around it and then you'll have the the top bezel will have the like the cutout for the speaker if you've used an essential phone it's pretty much that so you're gonna oh. get you're gonna get like eleven pixels back. In that circle, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like I, I totally don't get it. I mean, I like, hey, I so I love Huawei is Huawei and Samsung are two companies that I love just because of how much they're willing to just launch their R and D to the market just here, and if if people buy it, that's great, and if people don't, that's great as well. Um, so anything, I, I don't know what your you got your thoughts are on the notch. Like Brandon made a video or like tease that he wants to make a video about the notch and how much the notch is important and the implementations are not necessarily good i really don't mind notches and it depends on the implementation of huawei like if they can pull it off then why not Mm, okay i think i I don't think notches are okay i when they when it first started to happen i was very against it but then it made me realize that as as notches become more proliferated in the in the space companies are going to have to find more creative ways of either hiding it or making it look better or to just use it so i was like okay you know what then we now have things like the Vivo Nex and the Oppo Find 10. And yeah, I mean, if, if, if we have to go through a short period of just, just this terrible design choice that makes no sense to me, that cuts into your content when you're trying to watch a YouTube video or play a video game, then fine. If it leads us to really fun things like the Oppo Find 10, then you know, all right, have at it. <laughs> but here's the thing. But here's the thing. Like, I feel that the company that does the notch implementation best is OnePlus. If you notice... If you're playing a video and you maximize the video on the OnePlus 6, it won't have the notch cover part of the video. It will only maximize it. It becomes like a OnePlus 5T pretty much, where yeah. it, it's still a wide display, but it doesn't have the wa- the notch protrude. If anything, I feel that the worst notch implementation is the iPhone 10. 
if you guys have noticed. It's so wide. It's so wide. It's, it's, it, and it's not just that. Like, if you maximize any video, the notch will cover part of the video. So I totally get, uh, I totally get Josh's perspective, but I just, I, guys, I don't know about you, but I've, I've been really loving the OnePlus 6. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've started using it the last few days, and, I, and yeah, I have noticed that, that um, content goes around it rather than through it. Yeah. And I like that a lot. That that that's really how it should be. And which kind of led me to an idea like what if if you are going to put like the camera behind a a piece of glass, well how come we can't put the display over it and then it only cuts down to not cover up the camera when you're using the camera. For all it other applications, turns the, turns the pixels off when you use the camera. So it becomes Yeah, exactly. If you have an yeah, OLED, that's, that's, how how that's possible. Yeah. 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 Yeah, if you have an in-display fingerprint sensor, I think it should make sense to put a camera behind the screen. Uh, I mean, there's always the component size issue to go on, but uh, we can talk about that at any other point. Do you, you remember that that phone that we saw, the the Vivo phone that we saw at CES? Yeah, and if you angled the the light of over the display, you could actually see the fingerprint module. Mm -hmm. uh, like dug between, and, and even if you had the screen on, you could see it if you had a warm light and you reflected it. So that would actually be a cool idea. Like mm -hmm. if the camera's there, but it doesn't have to be visible whenever you don't need it. Yeah, uh, 100%. It's not as annoying as like a matrix of, uh, you know, the touch sensor matrixes from uh, like years ago when uh, you had LCD like little games and it was just horrible and actually blocked your view or just made it horrible. Like this is useful technology and... I mean, who knows if we'll be able to make it all invisible at some point in the future, but until then. Wait a second, Brandon, you have a Vivo Next. What, what's been your perspective on that? I've, I've been really curious. I've been waiting for a video of that. Uh, I've been barely using it because you have to like do 15 to 25 steps to get a third-party launcher on it. Um, but uh, <laughs> Mr. XDA, right. But the... Um, the um, Go to your own forums. <laughs> it feels like, I don't know, I, I much it's so big. I mean, the screen's like 6.6 .6 inches, which not yeah. too long ago was the size of a tablet. And mm. it's just so big. And I look at like the OnePlus 6 with a 6.3 inch screen. And it just, with because of the notch, it just fills up the entire front of the phone. And I just, I like the notch approach better in, 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 in that case. Mm. But the uh, under the screen fingerprint, Sensor, I can't see it at all, like ever. I've tried, um, but it's very inaccurate. Like you got to really try like four times to get it to work. It's frustrating. Mm -hmm. I mean, it all comes down to the hands because I totally get the fact that, you know, we all are different humans with different sizes and that perhaps making the top part a little less useful than the bottom part of the phone makes a big difference in people's lives. So uh, it's all those little details that really matter here. Uh, True. Yeah. Details. Just two things there. Yeah. Just two two things there is like okay. I I miss okay when I used the iPhone 10 for a little while. I did. Um, you know, big controversy when I unboxed it on my channel. But <laughs> uh, everyone was like, "Are you really using what?" Okay. I, I uh, someone asked me, "How do you like it?" And I said, "Well, I had to give it back because it technically wasn't mine. Hopefully, it will be." But um, I said the. I didn't say this in that in that IG questions thing, but one of my biggest gripes with it is that it didn't have a fingerprint reader, um, because the putting so much emphasis on what happens in that notch with the face ID and the face tracking and all that stuff. I get why that's important, but if it doesn't, when it doesn't work, I want to throw that phone because I could be scratching my nose 
and it won't recognize my face. There have been so many times where I where I get a message and I pick up the phone and I and I rely on that to unlock the phone and I'm brushing my teeth and I need to talk to my girlfriend and it doesn't unlock and I get really mad anyway. Um, so that that's a, that, that that's just one thing I wanted to say on that point. But in terms of the Vivo Nex and the Oppo Find X or 10, I forget which it's supposed to be, but um, having those motorized uh, bits that are at the top, I'm, I prescribe, I, I love that that's happening and it's great, but there's one big caveat. I prescribe to what my brother says, who's a big car person. All motors eventually die. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. So that's that's my one problem with that that implementation is that uh, probably with the Vivo Next, we're probably going to end up finding people out in Asia who say that the camera won't come out anymore. <laughs> and not, then you're then you're SOL. I mean, what are you going to do after that? I mean, you just have to replace a few belts. That's all, right? You know, just, you <laughs> yeah, exactly. Know, just it's a timing, the timing belt. belt. Yeah, it's, change the transmission. <laughs> we have to call Zach at, at, at Jerry Rig Everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's, that's going to be the, a favor of ours. Imagine how before. tiny those belts are, too. Like, my goodness. Oh, God, I love this video, man. That was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, I know that you guys, uh, referring to Jaime and Brandon, might not be too interested in this next topic, but I know this hit a chord, or it's hitting a chord with me, and it's hitting a chord with Joshua on this, so... I, so I so we like, Enos don't like this stuff. All right, but fine. Go for it, Jules. <laughs> right, right, I get it. I totally get it. Um, so a new s survey, it's one of these stupid surveys that don't really mean anything. And that's because it's conducted by a group that um, just has happens to do something on the side. Uh, Declutter is like a used uh, tech marketplace thing. And they just asked a bunch of singles, hey, uh, what do you think about your dating partners? Uh, and whether or not they have an iPhone or an Android. And um, it turns out that mm, they like those iPhones pretty nicely. So uh, right here it says, more than a third of men stated that a phone with a cracked screen reflects negatively on, upon a first date by demonstrating lack of personal care or and financial security. Um, I have to agree with that. Oh, I love this. I have to agree I love with this. that, actually. Oh, <laughs> I have to oh. agree with that one, actually. That is so true. But keep going. <laughs> all right, all right. And uh, 7 out of 10 would prefer to date an iPhone user over an Android user, while nearly 2 in 5 users feel that their phone type impacts an initial positive impression of a date. And there are a few quotes here that I could bring out, but I feel like you should um, take a look at them yourselves. Uh, I feel like they'd be too vitriolic to put into uh, the discussion right here. But um, I'm wondering what you think, Joshua, in terms of... Uh, I don't I want to go is... too personal, but... You oh no! I, I, this is the thing. Um, one of the reasons why I thought this this story was so hilarious is because I'm a victim. I'm a victim of this. Um, God, God bless, God bless, God bless my girlfriend. Um, but when I first met her, she thought I was the weirdest person for using a key one. <laughs> and I was so lucky that I I still got with her. <laughs> but. <laughs> but I, I've, I've broached this topic on previous pieces of content on an old podcast that I used to host. Um, and I, I, I thought about, okay, so because of the job we're in right now, don't you find yourself always noticing what people use? It's just a second. It's, it's a sixth sense now. And it's not just the job that we have. I think that it's, I don't know, in the United States, I don't notice that to be much of a thing, at least in New York. I've seen iPhone 4s everywhere, but it's just in Latin America, where, where I'm originally from, 
it's like people treat you the way they see you and they treat you depending on what you have. If yeah. you're not driving a, a 4x4 pickup truck or an SUV, you're broke. If you're not <laughs> using an iPhone or a Galaxy phone, you're broke. And so, yeah, no, I, so I, found, I found the topic hilarious, but, you know, it's, it's, for me, it's, it, I, I haven't noticed that much, at least in the United States. You're from L.A., and that's a very different, that's a very different market of people. So that's the reason yeah. why your opinion is probably, like, the most educated in this topic. Because, like, in New York, <laughs> that doesn't matter, but in, in Honduras and Latin America, oh, man, like, it, it's, it's huge. Still? Yeah. I mean, I know that, Jaime, it used to be like you had a, an iPhone in Honduras, and we used to talk about this. You were like considered to be baller. But like, it's 2018. <laughs> it's 2018. Like, everyone has an iPhone. Is, is, isn't that true? Like, everyone has an iPhone in Honduras? But you have to think about it. Like, over here, minimum wage is really low. It's like in Romania. Tony can give you more examples of this. In Romania, if you're not using an iPhone and an Apple Watch, you are not. You're cool. not up there. You're not cool. Wow. But, but, but here's the thing. Like, the demographic of the amount of people that can actually afford something like an iPhone 10 is very low. It's funny, actually, how much companies like Huawei have been gearing a lot of popularity in Latin America because they've come out with really cool products and people can actually afford them. And so, I, you know, it's funny just how many people actually know what a P20 is and a P20 Pro or how many people want a Mate 10 or a Mate 10 Pro. So I think it's changing, but I have to agree on things of, of this survey on, on things like people with a cracked phone. Like if you're still carrying a cracked phone, <laughs> you're broke. Some, something's up. Yeah. Yeah. Something's up. That's that's I, <laughs> that's that's that I'd have to agree with. If you have a cracked now, phone, it's like going on a date with a stained shirt. Yeah, I have to agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of that. I, um, I, I, I will defend the iPhone people for a second, having used one for a little bit and then talked to a lot of people who have used iPhones uh, all their lives. Man, don't say that an iPhone user is not committed. <laughs> Let me just say that, because the moment, the moment I started to give some opinions on why I wasn't really feeling the iPhone 10, they went off and they were just like, "No, see, this is the da da da," and they, they're so committed. So I'll let me let me just say, commitment issues on iPhones. I, I, I question yourself. <laughs> and uh, during the day, while you go on about the iPhone 10 and how it's not good, it's just like, "Hey, get me out of here! Uh, I want to." <laughs> why those things? Um, I didn't yeah. expect that we would have so much mileage out of this topic, but it turns out um, we are coming over. To I was here. wrong, Jules. I was uh, wrong. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about topics sooner or later. Uh, in the meantime. I do want to get to a break here coming up. We have discussion on the key two and some very divergent opinions as well as uh, the MacBook Pro, the refresh, and uh, more controversy as uh, we're accustomed to these days from Apple. Stay tuned. The Pocket Now Weekly is brought to you by Jamf Now. We understand that a lot of you are listening to our show on your Android or iPhone, and you basically have it under control. But if you're going into business and plan on deploying, say, a whole bunch of Apple devices with your employees, you need to keep track of where everything goes, especially if you're running a remote workplace. With Jamf Now, you can check your digital inventory, distribute Wi-Fi and email settings, deploy apps, protect company data, and even lock or wipe a device anywhere you are. 
you don't even need to have IT experience to use Jamf now and see what a difference it will make. And as listeners to The Weekly, you can start off by setting up three devices for free with no monthly costs. Every device after that is just $2 a month. Head to jamf.com slash pocket now to set up your free account. That's jamf.com slash pocket now to start securing your devices today. And we are back with you for more discussion and debate. I think the hottest topic here uh, in terms of what Brandon has to say, because I know this is going to be a little firestorm going on between you and uh, Joshua, is the Key 2. The BlackBerry Key 2 just launched, uh, what was it, last month? And it's got that new speed key. It's got Snapdragon 660. It's got maybe less of a battery endurance than we thought it would have. I mean... Let's see what your opinion is in this thought thread, Brandon. Okay. Um, so I was like... No, you're wrong. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> stand back, stand back. <laughs> well, there are certain things. I have a list here. Problems I have with the key two. I used the key two okay. all this entire week. Jaime sent me a key two. Thank you. Jaime, actually his sister did. And it arrived on like, what, Monday or Tuesday. And there are three specific problems I have with the key two, some of which you might not be able to defend. Okay, first first of all, let's talk about the keyboard, shall we? I really I committed myself to this keyboard for an entire week. Every text, every email, I didn't cheat a single time by using the on-screen keyboard. I forced my thumbs to do what they did 10, 15 <coughs> years ago. And like, no, I can't, I can't type fast on this keyboard. I, I, I don't get it. What am I doing wrong? My fingers are pressing the keys on my, uh, you know, software keyboard, like on my OnePlus six, I use the swipe thing and I know you can swipe on the keyboard on the, on the key too, but it doesn't work very well or at all. So, so that's, that's my first problem. My second problem is that by putting a keyboard on the bottom, what is this? The bottom fifth of the phone you're, you're losing this entire space to screen. So like, if you're watching a video, you're watching a video in this size, but you're not using the keyboard for anything. Why do you need the keyboard? This area should be used for screen, like a full screen, like a proper full screen phone, like the OnePlus 6, for example. So I just, like if the, if the keyboard actually made me type faster, I would be like, okay, I'm looking at a video in a tiny little crappy window, but it's okay because I can type so much faster. It's fine. It's okay. Um, those are the two things. And the number th three problem I have with this phone is that the camera is so bad. It can, it just can't even use it. So like, so like, I can't use this phone. I, I just can't. All right. Gosh, Let's, defend. I, there, defend. There's no, there's no way for me to defend the camera. I'm sorry. I just can't. And so you, okay. yeah, that, that's the one thing. I think the key one had a better camera. I think it might have. It might have. Yeah. And um, uh, OK, so the camera is really hard to defend. I agree with that. Um, but when it comes to the other um, the, the other caveats there, OK, viewing videos on the side with the whole keyboard on the side, I totally get that. Um, if you're looking for a media consumption type of phone, uh, then that is 
not what you're going to get here. But that's not what you get the key two or the key one for. You get it for productivity. Now, I understand we live in a world right now where smartphones are supposed to be able to do literally everything. Well, the key two is trying to provide that same level of of, uh, of capability, but adding something on top of it, and that is the keyboard. I'm a, I'm a buttons guy. That's really just all it comes down to. I mean, I'm using a Rebel right now. And yes, I called it Rebel, not Pebble. Um, so I, I, I'm all about the buttons and just being able to do something on a phone or on a piece of tech where I know exactly what's going to happen when I press here is really important to me because there are going to be times when I just need that to happen. Um, and with the keyboard, if I'm responding to emails first thing in the morning or messaging people like you guys, um, or if I'm just... Uh, I, I do... Honestly, I do more typing and listening to music on my phone than I do watching videos and playing video games. And once I had those expectations aligned, the the the, the key two and the key one even um, just aligned properly with what I needed. Can so you that's walk, really your. Can you mentioned productivity, I think, two times. Can you just walk me through like how specifically this phone makes you more productive? Well, it just feels a lot better, to be honest. Like, it's not necessarily that the phone is that much better than others at maybe getting your calendar right or getting anything else uh, going in a faster method. But uh, just being able to jump between applications using the speed key. So if I was to go into an email and I needed to double check when an event is coming up, uh, speed key C, go straight into it, go back to the email, speed key E, right back into the email that I was typing you already. Um, and then if I wanted to copy some text over, I would copy that text over um, currency key A, currency key C for copy, and then uh, speed key I to go to Instagram, and then currency key V to, to, you know, it's just, there's a level of, there's a level of confidence. Yeah, you make the phone yours. It, you yeah, exactly. It. So mm -hmm. I have an idea for an XDA app, Brandon. What's that? You ready for this? <laughs> so one of the reasons why I like the key too is because is because particularly about that. Have you guys done the math of how you to send a message to somebody or to make a phone call? And for me, honestly, what I like the most about the key two is those shortcuts. And the fact that these shortcuts are really, um, to a certain degree, you can customize them to your heart's content. But I've never really understood why companies don't take advantage of the lock screen more. So I wish that somebody would come up with like screen where you raise your phone, the phone turns on, and then I could set on this lock screen as many shortcuts to the things that I care about as I want. And so I've got 52 keys here. 52 are they, Josh? Uh, 30 I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember how many keys they are, but if, if somebody yeah, could come, if somebody could come up with like a lock screen where I could set as many shortcuts as I want, and it could be one of these shortcuts could be call my girlfriend, or it could be do this or do that. They're not. I hate on an iPhone having to launch the unlock the phone, then launch the phone app, then go into my recents, then look for somebody to call, then open the contact, then choose the phone number to dial. Those amount of steps are stupid. That for me is uh, if I if somebody could come up with a useful lock screen that helps me customize that, that would help me be more productive. I think um, and, there are ways to do that with some third-party launchers, but I get your point. Right. Yeah. 
that you can't do it on an iPhone, for example. So that's really that's my reason to use the key to. Other than that, I you know you and I had a conversation, Brandon, where you hated the bezels. Like, there's no reason why they couldn't have put a 16 by 9 screen on this phone if they just got rid of the bezels. So I have to agree with that. They got rid of the bezels and gave me the keyboard that I'd be fine with it. Fair. There are there are refinements that can be made to the design of of, of the key two absolutely, um, and if there's if there's one piece of the experience that I just can't get over, I just really love it. It's the fact that typing. I, I've I've said this in my review of both the key one and the key two. Typing is not about speed on these devices. It's about accuracy and confidence. Um, and confidence is a weird way of putting it, but that's really how I feel about it. Like, if I was going to type an entire script on a phone, because I had to, if I'm on a plane or if I'm in a train, um, something like that, I would prefer it on a keyboard like this because I, I, it just feels better, like, actually having... Because, technically, when you're typing on a full-screen device like a OnePlus 6, you're just, ty you're just pressing the same exact thing. It just happens to be a virtualized keyboard. You don't feel anything. So when you're on an actual keyboard, you actually know where you're going with it, and your, your muscle memory actually adjusts to it in such a way that makes the typing experience not only easier, but more accurate. And it's, uh, it, the way that I put it in a debate one uh, uh, that I had with somebody was, if you use a mechanical keyboard at home, you owe it to yourself to try the keyboard of the key too. It's the same exact reason why you would pick a mechanical keyboard for your desktop compared to some chitlin keyboard otherwise oh i thought for a second i thought you just said um i missed the mechanical part and i thought you were comparing a like a you know keyboard with god how old is that thousand a thousand years old uh, <laughs> keyboard. and um the the difference like when you are typing on a traditional keyboard and you're touch typing you can type almost so fast as to be able to type multiple letters at the same t uh, letters at the same time if you really like slow it down. Um, you're just going that fast. When you're typing on the BlackBerry Key Two or Key One, it's like one at a time. It's like click 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 click. And um, maybe I just gotta uh, get better at it. But, no, so yeah. I, I, I gave it a good chance. I gave it a good chance. I love that the, you can set multilingual keyboards on the Key Two. Probably that was one of my biggest complaints about the Key One when it launched. It wasn't capable of that initially, and so you had to you had to be accurate about typing on the Key One initially, and then they fixed all that through software. Um, I like the Key Two because its software prediction is actually really good, uh, and so you you can mistype something, and so that's one of the reasons why I like typing on glass because you can mistype anything, and then the phone eventually understands context of what you're typing, and it just corrects everything adequately. And that was my biggest concern when I got, when I got the key two because after that those issues with the key one I just never went back to it and then Juan did the after the buzz and I just didn't care about it but then the key two actually did a better job at this for me honestly like I would totally be willing to use a key two as my daily driver if they came up with like the key two pro and come on guys just give me a good camera like seriously yeah. like so my problem with the key two and this is what I said in the review is six hundred twenty five <clears throat> bucks you have no room for failure here. Come on, guys. 625 bucks. You can't screw up thing, essential things like the camera. I think that the, that the Honor 7X takes better photos than this thing at $200. No doubt. The Honor 7X takes better photos than this phone. It is inexcusable for such a poor camera experience 
to be loaded on a $625 phone. And then you get the OnePlus 6, man, which is $100 cheaper, and it literally smokes the key to in, in camera performance. Yeah. And it, like, and sure, the other reason why you buy the, the key two is because of battery life. Battery life is epic, but then you can literally end the day with a OnePlus 6 just fine. Mm-hmm. You can so you won't the, get as you, you you won't get sorry sorry to interrupt you won't get as yeah. much battery performance as the key two, but you can end the day just fine with a one plus six. Yeah, I want to give the last word to uh, Joshua here. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with all of that, and I, and I'll I'll um I'll fall on my own sword here. Um, you know, being being one of the most staunch BlackBerry advocates, um, this is one of two phones I carry on the daily. So that should pretty much tell you everything. That you need to know. I use this for every correspondence, every email, every like tweet, every post, every Instagram post in terms of like what I'm typing into it. Um, and then when I want to do other stuff, I have something else. <laughs> so that should pretty much tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> if you have so your I'll, certain use I'll admit, case, yeah. I'll admit I'm a dual wielder, and that's the reason why. JV2 phones, as we used to say. <laughs> JV2 phones. Uh huh. Mr. Fisher, where are you? I know, right? You have to have him back on. That's the other Mr. Blackberry, by the way. Yeah. Yes. And the Mr. Palm OS, Mr. Web OS, Mr. Who else? Web OS. (laughs) Let's just move to the MacBook Pro because I got a lot to talk about that. Yeah. And I don't have a a whole lot to say on this topic, by the way. So I'm going to be, you know, relying on your info. No, this is uh, this is uh, uh, this was a Jaime topic that I thought of. Yeah. You had your dating topic. I gave Jaime uh, the <laughs> MacBook thing. So even All split right. here. So MacBook Pro refreshed with the eighth gen uh, core uh, Intel core processors, and there's also a couple of things that we want to point out here. So the silicone membrane has now been placed. It's a silicone little cover that's supposed to keep out debris. Because last time around, we were talking about the keyboard, the butterfly switches, and there was very tiny insect legs of a thing. And they were, the whole keyboard could be just put out by a single grain of sand. So a lot of people were complaining about that. And Apple actually had to admit it in its repair manual guides. Like, they told the media that uh, it was for just making the keyboard quieter. And, well, turns out there's another case for that. And then there's also the throttling issue, because with this new generation, you have the Core i9 being included. That's six cores. That's four gigahertz turbo, I believe. And you get a lot of speed and performance out of that. Turbo BS. (laughs) The thing is, is that the MacBook Pro is so thin, it's not thermally designed properly to handle that kind of heat sink. So... Uh, a lot of people have been complaining about that, and you might have seen a few freezer tests done in terms of benchmarking and uh, rendering and whatnot. So, Jaime, take it away from here. Uh, go wherever you want with this one. Dave2D, you are awesome, man. Thank you for putting your computer in the freezer for the purpose of science. I really appreciate it. Like, I hope that Apple is watching this because, dear Apple, I really have to say that you guys suck at one particular thing. Why is it that you always screw up first-generation products? Like, I bought a $3,000 MacBook Pro out of my own money, the previous model. I had so many issues 
you can't like how can you charge three thousand dollars for product you clearly don't test well i had ghosting issues on the display i had issues with the top case i had to have the whole battery replaced and you know then you you launch the refresh of the macbook pro and you completely screw it up again there's this awesome video from brandon harvard where he just goes through all the issues that he had with the current with the current generation design of the macbook pro which is one of the main reasons why i decided to just hold back and not buy the macbook pro until the past generation it's and it's the one that i'm currently using right now by the way everybody the reason why i look so crappy is because this three thousand dollar computer has the worst webcam in the world like the worst <laughs> it is trash and so how is it possible like i even i, I even talked on the daily I really want a 13-inch MacBook Pro with a quad-core processor. For those of you that don't know, exporting on Final Cut, which is what I use to export video, there's a significant, it's just an abysmal different, difference between using a dual-core computer and a quad-core in export times. And so it's three, like the, the experience of editing the video is really not that bad, but once you hit that export button, quad-core and dual, there's, a, there's literally a 20-minute difference. It's a three-minute export on one end, 23-minute export on a dual-core. And so, and so I wanted a quad-core 13-inch computer. That was my dream. But then everybody was dogging me on the daily. Are you going to order the new? You, you've been wanting this. You've been mentioning it. And I'm like, no, I'm going to wait it out because I know this company. I know they're going to screw it up. And so what's the problem? Day to be gets the 15-inch six-core i9 version. And it turns out that if you try to export a video on Premiere, I don't know about Final Cut, but on Premiere, it, it doesn't really matter if you max it out and you've got the 6-core i9. The computer can't even keep up with the clock speed, let alone the turbo boost. Why? Because wow. the thermo envelope is terrible. The only way you can get a good 4K export on that computer is if you buy a freezer along with it. <laughs> how, how ridiculous is that? That's ridiculous. And, for so and, much and, and, and ex Exactly. How is it possible, if you've noticed, if you want to max out the minimum spec of that Core i9 6-core, it's a $3,500 computer, let alone if you want to go for the 32 gigs of RAM, you're going $4,000. And if you want the 4 terabytes, that's another $3,000 tops. It's crazy. Okay, so I, I, like, I, I feel that Apple did a great job with the iMac Pro. And, you know, they proved that people are willing to put down money and if you do the math, I mean, listen, in Apple's defense, uh, Sam is currently using a Dell Precision Pro. It's a 32 gig of RAM, Intel, Xenon, Intel Xeon processor. It's a beast, and it's a $5,000 laptop. So it's not like if Apple is really charging too much money. Oh, I've seen gaming laptops that are horribly expensive once you max them out. So I'm not complaining about the price. I'm complaining about the delivery. What is up, man? Like, you're, like really? What is up? So that's the problem. Do I want the computer? I do. I'm just not willing to buy it because I don't trust first-generation Apple products. That's just the way it is. Is this still a first-generation Apple product, even with the processor updates? Every time that Apple experiments with something new. So this is the first time that Apple pushes a six-core processor into a laptop, It's uh, into a 15-inch laptop. It's the first time that they push a quad-core processor into a 13-inch laptop. So I would consider those to be first-generation Apple products. It's like the LTE variant of the Apple Watch Series 3. The watch is great, but the problem is try to connect this thing to any carrier that's not on the Apple list. You can't. And so why pay extra when the implementation is just so terrible? 
I mean, so Intel, great. I mean, we have to credit Intel with more of this uh, uh, innovation in terms of bringing that power in. Uh, I was wondering if uh, Brandon had anything to say to this, uh, just to wrap things up here. Is it a matter of the software getting optimized in the future? You'll just have the fans rolling more. I remember when I got that, the previous 15-inch MacBook Pro, it had thermal issues. That was another problem that that computer had. And sure, you got the software update, but guess what? The fans never turn off. They've got, they make these awesome things. They look like dinner plates, and you put your laptop on it. It's got like six fans underneath of it. Just keeps it, keeps it nice and cool. <laughs> keep adding up to the price tag of this you know otherwise like why would you buy a laptop if you need to buy a, if you need to buy a fan for it like the reason why i edit all my videos on laptops is because i'm always traveling i need mm -hmm. for the computer to perform and so you know even with the current macbook pro that i have you know they advertise six to eight hours of battery life try editing a video on that thing even on final cut i'm, I'm lucky if i get an hour and a half of, 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 of video editing just because of how terrible the computer performed because it's so thin and light. You know, just the thermal uh, envelope is just so bad on these computers. And so, sure, so long as you're connected, it's great, but then why not just buy a PC? It's almost yeah. like they design these computers, and I have the same experience on my 12-inch MacBook. They design these computers to run, like, pages and, like, Safari and that's it. Like once you go beyond like the Apple apps, it like my my twelve inch MacBook gets so hot that it almost becomes unusable. You have to put it on another surface. Exactly, and, and so th that becomes pointless. And, and you know, in, in Apple's defense, I have to say, and for those for everybody in the comments that must be hating me uh, for you know talking about Premiere, Premiere is a far superior piece of software for video editing. I get it, but we make YouTube videos. We're not Francis Ford Coppola. And for YouTube, I consider <laughs> Final Cut to be superior because it's just so much easier to use. That's just me. Anyways. Mm. And there are a lot of conversations that we could have, but I think I know which team me and uh, Joshua are on. <laughs> team Linux. Well, this is <laughs> well. Here's the thing. Um, I just just a quick point. I don't I don't mean to prolong the uh, the discussion here. It's just this kind of dives. This this kind of reinforces a thought that I had, a conclusion that I had in terms of Apple products. Um, the products that people get so upset about in this fashion um, are the ones that are stifled by the form factor. Like this, this pedigree of products like smartphones and, and uh, laptops that are supposed to be designed a certain way. Um, that Apple has put themselves in this hole where they can't make it any other way. The phone has to look like this, it has to have this shape, and the laptops have to be made of aluminum, they have to look like this, they have to do, and, it, and it, it, it cuts them off at the knees. Meanwhile, when you give Apple the ability to create a whole new product, something that is completely different, they actually put the level of thought into it that we used to love with the original aluminum MacBooks and with the original iPhone. And the best example in the last year of that ingenuity are the AirPods. <laughs> I hate the AirPods. <laughs> they, I love the AirPods so much. I, I would buy I, 10 of them if I could. I hate how they look. I, I agree that the way they look is terrible, but... It's my ear all the time. You, well, you that's your ears. It's your, your fault. So. But when you give Apple the ability to create a product that no one else has really created the, um, the this is the way it is, like they, when, when it's not just... Uh, when it's not just... Uh, 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 accepted that there's a form factor to that product, Apple can do some pretty amazing stuff. Um, they have a blank slate. Yep, you're right. Yeah, 
Exactly. So I think the most important product from Apple in the past year has been the AirPods because it shows that they have that ability. But when it comes to stuff that we all just sort of know to be a certain way, like laptops and phones, there's so many problems. So So this just kind of reinforces that thought. I just wanted to say that. And that is the thought that we will leave it on. I know that you have to go, Brandon. Uh, It's been a pleasure having you here on for the last hour. Thank you so much for joining us. Love you guys. See you. See you later. And thank you to Jaime for uh, joining us as well, for being part of our team and just, uh, you know, being a chill guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'll join for the end. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry. Well, 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 I mean, it's it's here. So I just wanted to say a big thanks, uh, biggest thanks of all to our special guest, Josh. Man, we still need to meet up, man. I mean, we we still got to... We will. I'm Get some barbecue. Have, uh, yeah. Don't we have like note coming up? Or yep. <laughs> can't talk about that. We need no, to make yeah. a drunk well, podcast that a drunk tea podcast that uh, <laughs> at Unpacked. Yeah. Spe- exactly. A spiked tea podcast. Yes. Yes. That's that. That that would be great. It'll it'd also be a great time to uh, in- reintroduce the hashtag FDP uh, back into oh the. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> old school what did i miss what is that oh, oh that used to be what my old podcast was called because it was supposed to be on fridays so it's the friday debate podcast this is way back in the day when i was at my former company and um yeah the problem though is that fdp happens to stand for a very bad phrase in most uh, latin american countries yes Sorry, that was so natural. <laughs> we were we were called out a few times about it, but oh. it just turned into this lovely joke. It was so fun. Mm. It, it, it would actually be HDP. Well, the, I think it was Argentina in particular that that said it was. Aww. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll look into it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should change up the hashtag for our podcast uh, and see what happens. <laughs> FDP and weekly. Uh, if you want to follow us and keep track of the conversation, I'm sorry that we didn't get to more of the comments uh, this time around. We'll do so next time. Uh, but in the meantime, podcast at pocketnow.com. Definitely write in and uh, leave your opinions uh, in the fold. We would uh, certainly those, appreciate that. Those comments, they show up in the uh, YouTube comments section, And the YouTube stream, right? too. Yeah. And But yeah, I that's... I only have one screen here, and I wish I could like pull up multiple screens and just see the comments and then they'd be flying by and then um there's like you know something that i could respond to but then oh, I, yeah. I i'm like i'm a i'm a host i'm a producer i'm trying to get script up it's it's a, it's it's all fun well it's all fun. I want to well what i mean is i'll uh I'll, i'd be more than happy to pop into the comment section and respond uh that way as well so well maybe maybe we'll have you back on and then we'll see what happens uh, as we move forward here just a little suggestion going fair enough yeah fair <laughs> enough be sure to keep the conversation going by emailing us at pocketnow.com podcast at pocketnow.com we really want to hear the thoughts you want to get out and the questions you need answered also we are all on twitter with the hashtag the real hashtag pn weekly at least for now uh you can reach joshua vergara at jv tech t brandon miniman is at brandon mini man uh joshua is not there but jaime is there on the script and he is at jaime underscore rivera and i'm on twitter at point jewels pocket now is at pocket now on twitter facebook google plus and youtube in english and espanol where you can find more news on the pocket now daily pocket now a diario every weekday we also have a lovely site 
pocketnow.com for all your mobile tech needs. We certainly appreciate reviews, ratings, anything of the sort on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast, wherever the heck else that you find your podcasting needs to be met. Without them, we wouldn't have been making the show for the past six years. For the team, I'm Jules Wong. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we hope to see you again next week.